0: This is Pete and this is Al and this is episode 48 of Not Your Girlfriend's Podcast. This is season. season four. <laughs> season
1: four, I guess. I mean, <laughs> it's certainly not season three. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously.
0: Yeah. So where did you guys last leave us? Um, They left us in November 2019, a whole different ass year. Oh, a whole different
1: year. In a lot of ways, like a completely different fucking like decade. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) and actually a different decade? Yeah. I didn't even mean that. Welcome.
0: Welcome. uh, Before we get into this episode, we're going to take you on a brief flashback. A little journey, a little glimpse into where you uh, last saw us. Yeah, so here we go.
1: So, I just moved into our apartment, which is now our apartment, uh, about two weeks ago. Wow. Yes. And his two other roommates. And his two other roommates. Yep. yep. So, it's a whole big party. <laughs> a whole big crew of us. Um, I've been like settling in. We got most of the boxes out within like the first week and then this week was the second week and we kind of got the last few out of there. So now we're like fully settled, fully unpacked. The room needs a cleaning, I will say, but you know, everything is unboxed at this point. So we're
0: almost there. Wow. So it's been really good. V, catch us up. What's going on? So I'm currently in a long distance relationship with H. Okay. Um, who started as a summer fling. Right. And uh, yeah, now has been the longest time we've been apart. And it's it's been like difficult it's been like a bit like part of it is is this you know normal long distance stuff or is this us stuff which i think right. everyone in a long distance relationship can you know attest to right and we're All right. back and we're back <laughs> <laughs>
1: and
2: so wild. yeah that
1: was lovely and beautiful so uh let's let's bring ourselves up to speed so B, where are where
0: are you now? Um, I am living in Brooklyn. I am single AF. Uh, what? Yes, you are a single AF. Yeah, I'm single <laughs> AF. I've had a birthday, so I'm now 27. R.I.P. Um, what about you, L? Um, I am. Back in Brooklyn. Ooh. That's right,
1: bitches. Um, I am also now single. Oh, my God. And you had a birthday. And I have also had a birthday, as I would guess most of us have in the past year, mm-hmm. um, if not all. So 26 up in these streets, paying for my own health insurance. And yeah, it's a sad time. All that fun stuff. Yeah. But so clearly, listeners, since, our, uh, since we last met,
0: uh, we were both in full-fledged relationships yeah we were like I mean if you cut off the last season which I have thought about because it it has been a really long break and listeners have been asking and we've been thinking and we've I mean we've all been going through shit right I mean since the last episode there's been a pandemic a fucking pandemic would you think Oh, that's a good time to start a podcast or start recording episodes. But actually, no, I mean, I, I a podcast um, has actually been increasing, but listenership has been decreasing worldwide. Really? Yeah. People are in quarantine thinking, like, I'm going to make a podcast because I have fuck all to do. I have seen these people. Yeah. out here like, oh, listen to my new podcast. I know that there's 5 million, but I'm going to be the 5 million in first. Exactly. But actually, podcast listenership has gone 30% down. Because people are commuting. They're not going to work. They're That's not driving to work. Commuting
1: time is prime podcast time. Yeah. So there's
0: been a saturation in the market, per se. And we thought, you know, we've got our own shit going on. It's also, dude, like coping.
1: Like mm. literally just experiencing the pandemic. Like I can't even imagine what it would have been like trying to like make... Dating-related content while experiencing like isolation, yeah, fucking lockdown, the the
0: pause as we called it in New York, like. Mm. It's just a lot of shit. It's a lot of shit. And like, I mean, not to people who are podcasting throughout this whole thing. Um, obviously some podcasts who have been going on has kept me sane just by listening to them. Um, but yeah, time's been changing. We've been going through a lot of changes, clearly. Clearly. But if you if you cut off our last episode, I was thinking like, what our listeners are thinking? They're thinking, Oh, they're living an amazing life. Yeah. They're probably like with their boyfriends, probably Beyonce yeah. by this point. Right. No, bitch, we're back. <laughs> Oh my God. So our listeners
1: probably, I mean, so last you left me, I had literally just move in, moved into R's place. Um, it was like week one yeah, or week two. And
0: you moved Boroughs for him.
1: So I moved Boroughs guys, which like was big. That was monumental. Moving out of Brooklyn, which is like, I mean, I didn't grow up here, but I, I feel that Brooklyn is my home. Um, And to move out of here and into a completely new borough that I really had no roots in other than my significant other, it's fucking big. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, I expected it to last a a bit longer than it did. Yeah, by, like, March, we had the conversation and we were supposed to actually um, sign a lease together in April when his lease was up. Um, but by March, we talked about it, and we were just not feeling it. It was just not going in the direction we thought it would. And that was
0: when I decided, you know what? I'm going back to Brooklyn. Yeah. That's where I'm supposed to be. That's fair enough. I mean, like, a lot of shit you had to go through. I mean, you went through living with him and his, what, two or three other guys. roommates? Yeah, his two other roommates. Yeah, so um, how was it like living with three dudes?
1: <laughs> honestly, a lot of the time, it was pretty fine. Um, when it sucked was... Like, so I moved in and I thought it would be like me and my significant other living together. But a lot of the time it really felt like just me living with the boys. Um, And that was nice sometimes because when R wasn't around, I would just hang out with the guys in the living room and we'd all watch TV together. And, you know, Friday nights, like there wasn't really a lot of pressure to go out. Like we'd stay in and all get drunk together. And that was nice sometimes when it wasn't nice was when. Friday nights, you know, by default, um, our apartment was the drinking place. And then it'd be the whole fucking crew of guys coming over. Because those two other guys were single, right? So those two other guys were single and they were part of like a big friend group. Um, And so I don't know why, I guess because, you know, at least two of them lived in one place. Um, But it became the spot that like, not became, I mean, it was always that prior to me moving in. So it just continued to be the spot where everyone would... Um, would gather to drink and pregame for, you know, going out for friends' birthdays or just going out regularly. And it was really fucking annoying um, <laughs> to be like, to first of all, like if it was a Friday and I was tired and I had a long week, I'd want to be like lazing around in my pajamas and having a chill night with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But instead I was like sitting on the couch with my boyfriend while we drank with his friends. And they all kind of like, you know, jabbed at him for not coming out with them. And that was your first time, like, living with a guy, like, as boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. And it wasn't that, like, that dynamic that I was expecting. It wasn't our place. It was their place that I
0: was in. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to do when you move in and you share a room and then you are you have other roommates. It's a really weird dynamic. And it's even weirder for you because it's not like you signed a lease with them and it, you were there from the get-go. It was like, oh, now ours girlfriend is moving into the apartment so the completely different gen- dynamic like it's not really your space. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And that was really it was hard in the beginning and um you know, he did he tried. He tried to like make space for me in some ways. Like I remember when we were unpacking my kitchen stuff. Like I have a lot of kitchen stuff. I have glasses that I like. I have a whole bunch of like random marble like serving trays and as you do just a lot of things that I really like care deeply about um which might sound silly but those are the things that are important to me and I remember like trying to find room for them in the kitchen and like having like a near meltdown because I can only fit two of my mugs in the cabinet and that was it and they had like a set of Like two sets of four whiskey glasses. They had a bunch of different beer glasses. They had mason jars. They had this. They had that. They had every fucking glass under the sun, (laughs) like a set of them. And there was not space for more than two of my mugs. And I was just like, you asked me to live here and you can't make more than a sliver of room for me. Like, there's something wrong with
0: that. Yeah. So you moved in November. Yeah. Um, And when did things kind of start going south for you and are?
1: Like, really early on, to be honest. So I moved in November 1st. I remember a conversation we had in, like, late December where I was like, why do things feel different between us? And he was just like, I don't really know. And it was, like, kind of the end of December that – he started to like shut down on me a little bit. And I think it was at that point that he knew he didn't want to like be in this relationship. He didn't want to continue to put the work in. Um, and it was just like the normal stressors of being in a relationship. It was, you know, I didn't like that thing that you said, okay, well, you know, we have to talk about that now and, and understand each other's point of views because that's how you, um, I don't know. That's just how you understand your partner in a healthy relationship so that you can, like, grow from that um, and not continue to have the same fight over and over again. But he just didn't like he got to a point where he didn't want to do that. And I could tell that, like, in a lot of ways, he just wasn't like ready
0: to put the effort in. Mm -hmm. But I kept like kind of trying. And um, I mean, like a lot of things were kind of red flaggy about it. Like he's 30 years old. And you were his first real relationship. So I do think past a point, we had a whole episode about boyfriend training, of course. Um, it's hard when you're spending your entire 20s single. Yeah. To you don't learn how to share. make room for someone. Yeah. yeah. You really
1: don't. And that was his biggest problem. And I knew that those red flags were there, right? Like, but I just thought, I don't know, like this maybe slightly naive part of me was like, he just did whatever the fuck he wanted to do in his 20s. And I kind of envy that. Yeah. Um. He didn't have any, like, pressure to be in a relationship. He didn't feel like he needed someone. He just, like, hung out with his friends, did what he wanted to do, like, whatever. And, like, that's kind of cool. Um. But, yeah, also a glaring red flag, like, in retrospect. Yeah.
2: Um.
1: So, yeah, it was, like, end of January, like, sorry, end of December when things started to be weird. And then we both, I guess, knew that the conversation was coming up about um, where we were going to, like, sign a lease and, you know, where we were going to look for places.
0: When was his lease
1: up at this, like, a store? April 1st. So I was only supposed to be living there for five months. This was, like, a short-term thing. I wasn't supposed to be there forever.
0: And then the plan was you
1: guys would find your own place. Exactly. After. So, like, we both kind of started to see it creeping up. And in my mind, it was, like, by March 1st, we needed to have that conversation so that we could start looking. Um, Because in New York, you don't look for a place more than a month out. You just don't do it. February was like super like tense and weird. And then finally one weekend we had the talk and he was just like, I've thought about it. I've tried to wrap my head around it. I have no desire to move to Brooklyn. Um, there's just no reason I would want to be there. Like my friends aren't there. It's not close to like Long Island. It's not close to like the, um, the train to get back or anything. Like, I just like, don't, there's nothing I would want to do there. And like, you don't even have friends there really. And I was like, that's not what it's about for me. Yeah. Like, it's about, like,
0: where I enjoy living. I remember when you were having this conversation with me, and it's such a small discrepancy. I mean, you're not asking him to move to, like, you know, Chicago or something. Oh,
1: I'm not asking him to move to California, right? You no. Know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Do my listeners know about that? I don't know. Listeners, I don't know if I ever revealed this on the pod, because it was a pretty like kind of sensitive thing that I also didn't want to jinx. But literally last summer, R asked me to move to California with him. And that was the whole reason why we were even like combining our living situations was in hopes that in this five month period that we were going to live together instead of me like renewing my lease, this California thing would work out for him at work. And then by April 1st, we'd actually be moving there instead of picking a borough here.
0: But pretty early on, I think before Christmas, California was off the table.
1: Yeah, by like, yeah, honestly, like by probably before Christmas, I had given up hope. Mm -hmm. He wasn't pushing his, um, he wasn't pushing his bosses on the conversation, really. It felt like it just kind of dropped off their radar and wasn't, you know, super important for them.
0: Um, and I think yeah he he gave up he stopped fighting for it mm-hmm. So then it was like, okay, we're not moving to California, but we are living together and we are looking for an apartment And at that point uh, when it was like Brooklyn versus, like Astoria, which right. is kind of like the big conversation. I mean, it's not that massive of a difference. It's not. Like, honestly, no. The LIRR, which is like a commuter rail um, that goes straight to Long Island, that connects, yes, in Queens and not in Brooklyn.
1: Um, so actually, funny story, it does connect in Brooklyn, too. Um, so at Atlantic, for you new, you New Yorkers, um, Atlantic Barclays Terminal is like a huge transportation hub in Brooklyn, Um, and my old apartment was a couple stops on the train away from that. So it wasn't super far. We had taken the train from there, but his issue was that, It took more time. Like it took, it didn't run as frequently on the weekends. And it wasn't as, um, the trains like weren't as like direct. That's really splitting hairs though. So that's
0: really like a, a 15 to 30
1: minute difference. Yeah. You're arguing about. Exactly. So basically he came to the table saying, I don't want to live in Brooklyn. And I said, well, I was prepared to look at places in Astoria and Brooklyn and then ultimately pick whatever made the most sense. But if you're not even going to be open to my side of it, That's a big problem. Like, what does that say about our, like, I don't know, our, the longevity of this relationship? Like, what does it say about our, like, potential to have hard conversations and compromise on things?
0: Yeah. And when you think about the long term as well, which you guys were, um, like... He ultimately would like to move back to Long Island. Like, you know, everyone kind of lives their 20s, 30s in the city, and then you move to the suburbs. That's just the cycle of New York, right? right. get a big house, get a family. Um, and that could be like Westchester or New Jersey or Connecticut. I would Connecticut, say it's typically wherever you go. Long up. Island. Right. Right. He grew up in Long Island. Um, that seemed to be the only option for him in his mind. So, like long term wise, he wanted to move back to Long Island, and then he also wanted to be in Astoria. Like it didn't seem like much yeah, was changing. Exactly. And, like, you know, you're not from Long Island, but you're from like another suburb. We have a city suburb from Rochester. This, this came up.
1: This came up in the conversation too, where it was like, we're only talking about we're talking about the short term, but then suddenly he was like, "Well, what are you going to want to do?" what are you going to want to do long-term? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, I just, I know I'm going to want to be back on Long Island someday. And I was like, well, I'm not going to just like give that up. Like, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Like I'll live on Long Island someday without you even thinking about where I'm from.
0: Yeah. Cause it, you, like where you're from, like where we're from, like Westchester, that's literally equidistant to the city. Yeah. It's not actually closer. So <laughs> yeah, it's just like, but it's, different it's, it's different in it's, a lot of ways it's different and i don't know it just was like okay i i feel like he i feel like you would have accepted long island and been okay with the long term yeah living there but because he was so unmovable with the short term that just shows you like his right. like well, ability he, to
2: compromise and, right and because he even
0: brought up the long term in the
1: conversation like I, i'm not gonna like sign up for an ultimatum right now and say okay, sure, like, if we stay together, I'll live on Long Island with you someday. Mm. Like, that's, you know, a conversation that you have at a later point in time. And, again, you have to both be open to, like, both sides of it. For me to be like, I'm going to stay in this relationship and just give that up, like, that's not fair.
0: Yeah, I feel like it should be a rolling conversation. Right. Unless you're both completely on the same page. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much he came into this conversation ready to kind of draw his boundaries and say what he would and wouldn't do. Um, And from there, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to start looking for places then because I I can't, I'm not just going to stay in this apartment for no reason. Um, And we didn't break up immediately. We said we would figure things out. But I mean, in my mind, that was like, We'll figure things out until I move out. Yeah, I mean, no one. So that it's not no awkward.
0: Out of a situation, where you look And stays together. No, right? that's like not a th- it's like nothing. Right. It's like like you move in together. Switch. You
1: continue to progress in like a forward direction. You right. know, just like take steps back, and then everything's still okay. But I really think he thought, in some way, that like maybe I could move out, and things would just like take a casual step back, and it would be fine. Mm. So, yeah, we finally broke up the night
0: before I moved out. And I was there the day after, literally the day after to help you move out. Yeah. And it was so fucking awkward. Yeah. It was was awkward as fuck. Like, our... I was there with my roommate, P, who was on an episode, um and i say help you move out we just picked up iced coffee and watched the movers move things into the moving oh truck yeah and out yep
1: i had that whole
0: operation like
1: like clockwork yeah the and movers then, showed up it took like 25 minutes for them to load everything
2: I very like, efficient we're gonna be in and out of here we plug them <laughs> yeah right
0: i mean they upcharged me but whatever <laughs> um but yeah like i remember seeing r and he looked upset and that it was very much like, these are Elle's friends, and they're just, you know, here for her support. But, like, he didn't have any, like, niceties to share or something. It was just kind of palpable, In which is fair enough. I mean, you guys just broke up. Like, he gets yeah. to be that way and, you know. Yeah. Process.
1: Yeah. So, it was, like, yeah, it was shitty. And he, like, was very sad about it. Um, in the moment, like we were both like a fucking wreck the night before we spent like all night crying, woke up in the morning, like couldn't even like eat, couldn't even like get through a sentence without one of us bursting into tears more often me actually no, about the same. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it was like, like I tried like after the breakup to cut him off, you know, cut him out really quickly. And then we moved to like a talking once a week kind of thing. And then eventually we saw each other and um hashed out what happened and
0: how long ago like from the breakup to seeing each other IRL again was it
1: so when we first broke up we talked every day for the first three days and then I was like I can't do this I can't talk to you in to pieces every day so then we talked once a week for like probably three weeks actually maybe like a month and what did you guys like talk about um honestly it would be a lot of like me carrying the conversation and just, like, wanting to be on the phone with him. Like, I would talk about every, like, any and everything that had gone on in my day Mm -hmm. or week that I could talk about. And he would give me, like, a 12-second update on what he'd been up to. Oh, not much. Just working, working out, watching TV.
0: Yeah. It is still nice to have that, like connection and to know what they're up to in a way Mm -hmm. um and you said it helped you move on because like you know I'm definitely for as we said on this podcast like a clean break but obviously it's not easy to do that especially in a long-term relationship well it helped
1: me move on in kind of a sad way it was like the more that I talked to him the more I realized that He didn't actually care about, like, how fucking horrendous I felt. Like, I was an absolute wreck the first couple weeks out because, I mean, at the end of the day, it was like I had made the decision for us to break up. I made the decision to move out. And I just felt like I never even heard his side of, like, what went wrong in this relationship for him to just be so okay with it coming to an end and not even fight for it. Mm. So I just had so much, like, unresolved, like so many unresolved feelings and thoughts and I just like wanted to hear his side of it but he wouldn't give me that so for the first like three weeks I was like inconsolable like complete mess and I would talk to him and be looking for some kind of comfort from him but the more I spoke to him the more I realized I wasn't ever going to get that yeah and in a way that helped me heal because I was like this person like we just broke up this is so fresh and he doesn't even like seem to care that I'm on the phone like sobbing it's kind of like oh like don't do that because he's uncomfortable that I'm
0: crying not because he cares that I'm sad right I wonder why he was keeping up with this chatting like was it you or him or equal amounts of like who was initiating this calls and stuff
1: I mean he would be the one to call a lot of the time like I tried not to but yeah, I mean, he didn't have much to add when we would speak. Like, it was mostly me talking. So I don't really know either.
0: So when did it, like, completely end for you in, like, the talk? Because you don't you don't talk anymore.
1: Yeah, no, we don't. So five or six weeks out from the breakup, I finally texted him and was like, listen, I can't do these catch-ups anymore. Like, it's not good for my mental state. It's not good for me healing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about what happened between us. I'm here for that conversation, but otherwise, like, I need my space. And sure enough, a week later, he's like, okay, I'm ready to talk now. And so I went over to his place and it's fucking weird being there. And we talked and it was like the most nothing talk. I I was so like nervous and felt like I had so many things to say on my way over. And I get there and... I'm like, so? And he's like, I don't know. We were just fighting a lot and I wasn't happy. And I was just like, all right. Like, and suddenly everything I felt like I wanted to say just kind of melted away. Because I was like, there was no depth to this. There was no like, like I was here like speculating on all of the possible reasons why this could have fallen apart. But it was just that he wasn't ready to like put the work into an adult relationship he wasn't ready yeah. to compromise and have difficult conversations and you know do all the things that come along with like a long-term relationship and
0: that's kind of just that's kind of it yeah I know you were like waiting for a reason to like, yeah like some sort kind of hard and fast reason right after the breakup and I remember saying like I don't think you're ever gonna get that for him because I, I think in this situation our it wasn't something that he thought of consciously. I think he just kind of gradually fell out of love or didn't put the effort in a pairing of both of those things. Like, I I definitely think he could have made more effort in the relationship, at least from what you told me and in in those small ways. But yeah, it never happened. That was my closure. Mm -hmm.
1: It was knowing that, I don't know, he wasn't seeing someone else. There wasn't this like monumental, you know, secret reason why we didn't work out or like anything else. It was literally just that, I don't know. He just couldn't, couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle the effort. Yeah. And that was like, yeah, all I needed to hear, to be honest. And suddenly I was just like, so at peace with it. Yeah. Um. And so that was like maybe a month ago, maybe more. And we haven't spoken since. It's good. I'm like, I'm good. I'm at peace with the breakup. I look back now and I'm like, holy shit, I cannot believe, like, I was even in that relationship for so long because truly from December to when I moved out in April, pretty miserable a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. And I was really trying and I was putting effort in, but... I think, like, a a good thing to also note is that, like, I didn't see you that much, like, during when you live with R and throughout the entire relationship, it felt like it was you spending a lot of time with his friends, like, all of last yeah, summer. Yeah, no, that's true. It was uh, his friends, his parties, I was all- back to his hometown, yeah. like, you know, when, it, in the actuality, like, it, it felt like your life took a toll on this relationship, not his
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I never felt like he really tried to get to know my friends that well. Um, and he never, I don't know, like he never even really tried to get my, to know my family that well either. Yeah. Which was hard. Like he came to a family party with me like two weeks before, um, we had our like kind of breakup conversation and, you know, or the, the move out conversation. And I don't know, he didn't seem like I was trying to get him to talk to my brothers. I was trying to get him to like talk to my cousins that I'm close to. And it just felt like I was giving him all of these, like I was throwing him all these lifelines of like, Oh, why don't you ask so-and-so about this? Or, Oh, you have this thing in common with this person. And he just like, wasn't taking the bait.
0: Yeah. He was always like that. Yeah. I guess I didn't see it. Um, yeah, I remember when the first couple times I met him, he originally blamed me for not liking him and not trying hard enough, which there is a percentage that that was true. Yeah, you're just mean, but okay. he's and also, I know. I to all boys, yeah. first of all. I mean, and I'm the same with your boys. It was also, like, the lack of effort. Like, I felt like, you know, if I didn't ask him something, he wouldn't ask me anything. You know, lack of interest. Yeah um and that was also like a piece of the pie of like how you guys broke up yeah um, I mean it's shitty but it's it's over and um I'm happy it's over personally
1: I'm I'm happy (laughs) it's over too I mean I look back and I'm like I didn't even feel like myself those last couple months like Mm. living with him and his roommates and having his friends around all the time like it I didn't feel like it was I don't know like, it was, like, my life, like, I felt like, okay, so this is, like, a thing that's, like, I read in a book recently. I didn't feel like the main character in my own life.
0: Oh, my God, this is a TikTok. Is it? <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a TikTok, um, we'll get into that. There's a there's, there's a TikTok, like, voiceover thing, which is, like, you gotta start thinking of yourself as the main character in your life. Okay, this is a real thing. I've seen playlists <laughs> titled,
1: um, main character. I read oh. it in a book I was reading recently about therapy. Yeah, nice. I talked about it to, like, my therapist, too, but it's, like, You know, feeling like you're the main character in your life is so fucking important. And for those couple months, I didn't feel like that. I felt like I was a side character. Like, you know, the boys would come over and, like, I would try to, like, involve myself in the conversation. To be honest, uh, usually a big group of white dudes who didn't want my opinion on anything that was going on. Yeah.
0: And I feel like that's reflective of like also him. Your boyfriend should be amplifying your voice, especially in spaces that you as a woman of color, like maybe are not usually heard by a bunch of white dudes. Yeah. Like that guy, your boyfriend, that person should be defending you, should be, you know, like, wait, what did Elle say? Like, like
1: engaging you. Dude, there was one time that his guy friends were over and they were talking about like, they were talking about, like, some rapper had out, like, a new song or, like, a new album or something, and I said something, and his roommate was, like, well, I guess our roommate was, like, Oh, like, do you even listen to rap? What? And I was, like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I was, like, have I not been here participating in all of these conversations for months now? yeah. And, like, R didn't even, like, pipe up to say something. Meanwhile, he knows that I listen to rap. It was his friend, his other friend, who was finally like, no, Elle does. She listens to so-and-so and so-and-so. And, and like, started to name, like, people who I had mentioned over the past months of, like, you know, being in the the room, even Mm -hmm. though I was largely ignored. Yeah. It was just, like, yeah, things like that. I look back on that, and I'm like, how the fuck did I think that that was, like, okay and sustainable? And, I don't know, I guess... I just love sad, broken boys who, like, need to be trained I mean, all the time. Oh, and, like, the sex, how was that towards the end? Dude, towards the end, it was, like, I was constantly, like, asking him to have sex. He never initiated unless it was, like, the Saturday morning, like, very, like, monotonous routine, like all right, we wake up, we haven't gotten out of bed yet. Okay, we'll start it up. We'll go through the same, like, you know, same kind of routine of positions and then, okay, it's over. And like, if I tried to start things up at any other time, he'd be like, no, we can't right now. I have to do this. I have to do that. But like, he was like avoiding it. That's which... like so
0: weird. I mean, what like, you know, red-blooded American man. Like,
1: Dude, it took <laughs> such a fucking toll on like my self-confidence, to be honest. It just felt like he, like, wasn't attracted to me. Really, like, damaging and really, like, hard for me. And towards, like, the very end, finally, like, started to kind
0: of, like, try again. It felt performative in a way. I mean, and just, you know like, when someone's into you. You know when someone wants your body, like, you know.
1: Yeah, and after I've mentioned, like, 12 times that you don't even kiss me anymore... When you suddenly now kiss me while we're having, like, you know, when you're trying to start things up, I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it just feels, it. it's like, okay, you're clearly doing that from the playbook of things that I've told you I wish you would do. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't turn me on. That actually, like, just makes me uncomfortable and makes me not want this. Yeah. Honestly, our sexual chemistry held us together in the beginning. Oh, Probably... <laughs> like and probably made up for a lot of things that we were lacking in other places mm-hmm. in the relationship but once that fell away if there's no sexual chemistry left and there's no you know us dying to see each other constantly because we now see each other all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: i like what
0: do you really have i mean i think this is a good thing i mean obviously he wasn't the guy for you there was definitely flaws in the relationship and now you've got which is, I like to say, you know, a second chance at life, you know, like
2: truly. Oh my God.
0: Truly. I mean, like, no, if but really. you follow that trajectory? I mean, like, so many women probably who don't have the self confidence to get out of a relationship that they're, it's not 100 in. I know there's that. That is more the reality than being so, like, invertly in love with this person. Oh, yeah, it's the comfort. It's having your,
1: like, life intertwined with someone. And honestly, I mean, we were in the midst of a fucking pandemic Mm -hmm. when I moved out. Yeah, that was insane. I saw the apartment that I'm in right now the day before my job issued the stay at home like work order i
0: remember because we you just saw the apartment and it was near where i live yeah and i met you for drinks after yeah. you saw both apartments and it was the same day that uh trump announced no flights in or out of america yeah and people yes. freaked the fuck yeah. out and uh rightly so i mean this is like the pandemic fully happening and in New York, um, ironically, actually Westchester where we're from was the epicenter yep, yep. during that time. So that was a completely like, like quarantine zone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was happening already in the city. And you, you might think like, okay, this is happening maybe late March, but Corona, like was happening in new york city for months before people were already sick for the last month before i would like i looked back at my twitter the other day and i was tweeting about people coughing on the subway it being disgusting it being probably corona when this is becoming mainstream for you know working remotely um offices closing down completely locked down and like you viewed that apartment luckily you got it and moved in dude it was
1: the only like so, I saw two apartments that day. But yeah, after that day, I did not go back into Manhattan, did not go back into Brooklyn, you know, for six weeks or however long it was. I haven't even
0: been on the subway since like fucking March. Oh, I took a subway to a protest a couple of weeks ago. Oh, it was a <laughs> strange experience.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like to be going through like a pandemic and also like still not have the comfort of your partner in any way like it's just so like it's like reinforcing mm. um the fact that like the decision was the right one
0: yeah and so. like going through a breakup in quarantine is hard as it is i mean you're in quarantine i i think it's <laughs> equal parts easier and hard hard because you can't honestly move forward and go on dates and whatever but also like easy in the way that like you literally physically cannot see this person like and it really all this time alone begs for a lot of self-reflection yeah no that is true but what really sucked was like I can't
1: have that first like night out with my friends oh, like God, yeah. you know that single fucking drunk first night out where like you act a fool and you dance on a table and maybe you punch a bouncer you get kicked out of the bar like you and just all you out <laughs> you you the, the the general you does all of these things post breakup um but yeah, you don't get to have like that single moment and that like back at it kind of feeling where all your friends are supporting you and you're remembering that you have other people there for you other than your toxic ex. Um, so, yeah, that was hard. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I feel like I did have a lot more time for self-reflection. And I probably healed and like coped with it in a healthier way mm-hmm. than I would have if I were just like, okay, I'm just going to go out and drink with my friends all the fucking time now yeah. and start dating again. So be on that note, do you want to talk us
0: through your situation? Yeah. So um, this pandemic happened, I was already working remotely for two weeks before because... Um, I went to the doctor's office. I had pneumonia earlier this year when I was in California. That was just a cold that turned into pneumonia when I went out there for a friend's wedding. If anyone out there who's ever had pneumonia, you know that like it lasts for months afterwards. Your breathing isn't completely back to normal and stuff. So I was just more wary about it. And I've been following Corona since January. So it was very woke on like shit happening. Went to the doctor and she was like, yeah, you should probably not go to work and take public transport because even though this was two weeks before anything properly locked down in New York, like doctors, people in hospitals, they all saw this coming. They yeah. all saw people coming into the emergency room, coming to the doctor's office. When I went to the doctor, um, apparently they gave you like a, a COVID like questionnaire, but I didn't see that because it was all through an app and I didn't fill out a questionnaire. So she came in like full hazmat suit, goggles mask and then she was like yeah I'm sorry we just have to do this because you fill out the thing and we do not know if you have corona or not like so um oh my god yeah so she said that and I like said that to work I was like okay let's just not doing it and our job is very everyone's job now you can be working remotely but even it's before, so funny how that just
2: became so easy overnight right right but like
0: before I was like my job can actually be very worked remotely so I said it I was like listen I got doctor's note if you need a doctor's note but I'm not coming in bye <laughs> Um, and then we officially closed down, which was good. Um, about, so the, I mentioned the Trump thing, the flights in and out of the country, right. which was um, important uh, for my life because uh, earlier with my job, I was going to go to the UK and you guys know I went to school there, went to college there. And that's been my long-term goal to move back. And a lot of the reason I took this job was because they were going to place me in the UK, uh, to open an office there. And I pitched, uh, for me to go there for a month in May because mm-hmm. we had someone flying in from the California office in the New York office. And while there technically was enough space, um, it would have been easier with our open space like plan if I left and he would use my work desk. Right. So I was like, OK, for the month that he's here, I'll go to London and we'll do like a soft opening there. We'll see how the time zone will work out, like whatever. Right. And that's really important because H, um, as you guys know, he's like European and he was always back and forth between Europe and he was permanently moving there. And this is probably March. He was planning to permanently move there. So like... With him going to London, it was going to work out perfectly. We, as a relationship, we had to test out living in the same place, living together, him looking for a job, like all of these things that we never had a chance to do was finally going to happen. Right. The day I got approved to go to London was the day Trump announced no flies. Yeah. Um, and then it just turned into your slippery slope where we had to cut 25% of our U.S. offices. And I was part of that 25%. And it was really really, really shitty. I had no idea it was coming. Like I remember picking up the call and thinking for my CEO, thinking he's just like a normal call checking in on me, you know? Cause we're like about 200 people. It's small enough that like yeah, you're, you're pretty flat organizationally. Right. Like I could, like I talked to the CEO, like we have like a relationship, like he hired me, like he was like the final stage of the six stage interview process. And he was like, yeah, so, um, you know, i been making these calls, and like with the current climate, like we've lost like seventy percent of our clients, and I was like, yeah, and I still had no idea. Right, right, no idea. You're like, yeah. So what are we gonna do about yeah. this? Right, let's brainstorm. <laughs> let's brainstorm. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, it's has been. I was, just, I didn't actually react in anger, which is. A very uncharacteristic for me I think I was just in shock and I just took it I was like yeah okay uh yeah and I remember asking uh who else was laid off and um my like work best friend he said that he just got off the phone with him and I was like oh fuck like and it wasn't even about being good or bad this corona layoff because I was like I was a good worker I I think he laid me off because he knew he couldn't give me what I want. He couldn't send me to the UK and that's what he hired me to do. And it just came to an end that way. Um, And the other person who got laid off from the New York office has been here the longest. It definitely... And I know a lot of people in a situation where it's just not based off how you are, or what you're doing, what your work, you know. Um, I, so I was unemployed. <laughs> I suddenly had no job. Right. And then H um, was with me. He his mom was living in New York City as well as his sister. And they actually like left the apartment and moved back to Europe. And he was staying with a few friends. And for the last two weeks before he went back to Europe, he was supposed to be staying with me. That two weeks turned into probably three weeks, four weeks. And he eventually had to go back because of obviously flights being canceled. And like. Right. No, I mean, we were really in the fucking heat of it. I don't know if you are in New York, if you remember that. But like numbers were going up, like everything was closed. It was completely like, I've never seen the city like this before in my yeah.
1: entire life. And- Dude, I remember seeing, like, the pictures of, you know, the Upper East Side when things first shut down, and, like, the pictures of Times Square, and, like, literally being able to see New York City streets that you've never seen clear a day in your life, even when an influencer's trying to take, you know, the best picture with 5,000 takes to get a clear street. Yeah. You cannot get
2: that.
0: No. the was- streets were wide fucking open. I cannot overstate how not normal the situation was and like his parents really wanted him to come back to Europe. And there's multiple reasons for that. Some of which I agree with some, which I don't. One of the main reasons which I did agree with was like, he didn't have healthcare in America and everyone knows healthcare in America fucking sucks. And as a European person, he's not going to have like coverage if he got Corona. Um, And I was worried about that if anything happened. And also like with this no fly situation, we didn't know how long that was going to last His visa only lasts till July. So we were on a time crunch and eventually like, I also didn't know if I wanted him to move in with me. Like I was a bit half and half about it. Of course I have my roommate P and I talked to him about it. Like, you know, if H's parents, um, would like pay for him to stay in New York. Like he could pitch into some of the rent and was put it three ways, you know, P would get a massive cut like, um, and he was all right with it, but eventually I didn't know what that strain would be in our relationship. Like, you know, three people living in a two bedroom apartment, like in New York city during quarantine, like it's not a lot of space. Um, I think it was the best thing that he did go. So he left and we did long distance for a bit. Um, And about a month ago, we broke up. It was after you and R broke up. Um, It was like two months ago. Two months ago? That you guys broke up. Yeah, because it was like the week of Monday day. Yeah, so um, two months, I guess. Yeah, felt like shorter. Um, Yeah, and that was hard, but ultimately we decided to break up because we didn't know the future of the world and there was no direct line for me to get to, you know, Europe. And he actually didn't go to the UK. He went back to Germany. Um, so like he was stuck in Germany. I don't know German. I, I never thought I'll be living in Germany and like then the contingency plan turned to, okay, instead of me moving to the UK with a job, I'll be moving to the UK um, we, won't, we won't be moving to the UK. He's in Germany. Now we'll be moving to Germany. How long do we stay there? How right. much my I have right. saved up? Like my lease is up in September. Like, it's like a huge curveball in the equation. Oh, massive. It changed I, a lot of shit. Yeah, and I remember that
1: day that we met up after I saw those apartments and we met up for drinks and you were literally telling me how you had this perfect plan worked out where you guys would both be, you know, in London together. You'd be there for a month. It'd be your trial basis. It would be a good tester you know, to figure things out and see if you wanted to, you know, move forward with a more permanent plan. And then literally like the last hour that we were hanging out that um, I guess Trump made that like address and said, no,
0: you know, no flights. Yeah. It like was I, like that got, sudden that I it happened. A text from my mom, actually, because I told... Right, yes. I told my parents that I got approved to go to the UK, and then literally later, my mom was like, have you seen yeah. the yeah. address? It was, yeah, so sudden. So a lot of shit changed, and... Um, we weren't working long distance and I wanted to say it was like all on Corona, which is like, yeah, I lost my job because Corona and like our relationship was now even more long distance to no end because of Corona. Um, But like, it was also us. Like I, I felt like he was getting really upset about little stuff and like, kind of looking for arguments and I felt like I was walking on eggshells when we had to have a conversation and in his point of his life like he didn't want to be in Germany and then he was stuck there and now he looking for a job in the middle of a pandemic like there was a lot of pressure in his own life and I felt like he needed to go through this shit and like sort it out himself you know like I wanted to help help him and be there for him, but like he wouldn't let me in to do that. And I, yeah, I just felt like he was at a really low point and maybe he still is like, so was I, I don't know. It just, it was the best decision for us to break up because we had no idea when we were going to see each other again. And then we're, you know, This massive decision of like moving to Germany, I wasn't ready to do that. And I didn't want to have the pressure of having to marry somebody again on me, on my shoulders. Like this entire relationship for me was pressure. And I feel like I should take responsibility a little bit in that sense because I always had from day one when we were dating, like you're European, I'm American, this is an issue. (laughs) Right. And, like, no matter if you like that person and you love them, like, that pressure in the back of your mind, It takes a toll on their relationship. Finally, you're thinking of like, can I live with this person for the rest of my life? Can like, is this like? Yeah, how you have to gonna think about the long term. Every single Sarah. time, right. like you know, like and um, I, I think I was pulling away as well. So we also made a decision to break up, and we didn't talk initially for like a week or two, and then we were talking like here and there as friends. Um, but that in itself was a lot of anxiety. Yeah, like, you can uh, never be friends with your ex. No. Words I've said myself. You, I'm actually <laughs> quoting you. <laughs> this <is> so meta.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like like truly, like, I don't believe you can be friends with your ex because ultimately one of you is going to move on before the other. There's always going to be So some fucking true. Like, you know, Germany is opening up More than America, like bars were already open there and stuff. So I was thinking like, what if he goes on a date? What if he goes on a dating app? Like he, I don't know. I know what he tells me, you know? And even though he was like really sad and depressed about our breakup, like... And every time we would talk, one of us would end up like being really upset, like really crying, yeah. or, like, you know, reminiscing about memories. It's hard. It's hard as fuck. It's so hard because you, you even bring up like a random show that the two of you watched together,
1: a random thing that one of you would find funny. And, you know, some little anecdote in his day that he wanted to share because he knew that it would, you know, you would relate to it. Like all of those things are now shared
0: memories between you. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah uh and it was shitty because the way we broke up was so fucking immediate too it was like over it was a stupid fight that we had that turned into us breaking up and in that conversation we even like went on facebook and like to d- detach from each other wait like,
1: you guys were in a facebook relationship of course bitch it's not facebook official it's not official that's some, that's some fucking 2009 bullshit. I'm calling nah, bullshit Your on. mans just can't
0: commit.
2: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> we live together.
0: <laughs> yeah, so just put it on Facebook. What does it make a difference? Who
1: does that still? People do that. Listen, I am going on the record now saying that Facebook is dead to me. I am on it for, I don't even know what reason, honestly, Events. For getting invited to uh, house warmings and things like that.
0: I just think if it's a real relationship, like, just put it on Facebook. No one does that anymore. People do that. Who? I do. Oh, yes, (laughs) just you. You are leading
2: the charge in
1: Facebook relationships. People do that. I mean. Facebooks are dead. You heard it here. Probably not first, actually. You probably heard it about five years ago somewhere.
0: Well, I'm single on Facebook now, so slide in. (laughs)
1: The world knows. I, too, am single on Facebook, which I guess is also accurate. Don't plug
0: yourself. Also slide in. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I was... We haven't talked. Um, sorry, guys, there's literally fireworks I'm going distracted. on I'm distracted. It's beautiful.
1: Oh, my um, God. Hey, listeners, quick, like, write-in opportunity. If there are fireworks going on in your major city that is not New York, please write in. I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing that it's major cities all over the U.S. Very curious to hear if, for some reason, it's anywhere else abroad. I know we've got a big international fan base, so hit us up.
0: I mean, the 4th of July is kind of close.
1: Oh, this has nothing to do with that. I don't think so either. But still, let us know.
0: But yeah, um we were talking and there like the time between the conversations, I was just so filled with anxiety all the time. I was like upset. I was wondering what he was doing. Like you don't have that constant contact and I was a girlfriend expecting girlfriend level like conversations, expecting girlfriend level communication and I wasn't getting that and it felt like I was just demoted and I was like not okay being demoted I was like the fuck you're not treating the same respect that you did before like that's not okay Mm -hmm. and then it kind of got to a point that um he he didn't talk to me and I was like okay like we're not going to talk anymore and it's been about three weeks that we haven't talked at all um recently actually yesterday he texted me and it was just like a miss you text, and like I hope you're doing okay text. And I was just like, um, I responded like two hours later because, ironically, I was on a date. <laughs>
2: Literally, oh, we're gonna get into that. The universe
0: was like telling my ex-boyfriend that I was finally moving on, and uh, I got the me- when I finally read the message it was like two hours later when I was home. Um, I responded back like listen, like you didn't want to talk and I wanted to give you your space. Um, so I'm trying to do that and I'm, I'm trying to move on and I hope you are too. And that's good. Yeah. And then he texts back, like, I probably shouldn't send the last message. And I was like, I felt bad at that point. Cause I, Cause I, you know, I did like that he missed me and I did miss him too. I said like, I miss you, but I don't think you know what you want. And I don't think we should be talking. He's like, yeah. I mean, ultimately it just makes it harder on both of you. Like,
1: And this is again, why, you know, why you can't be friends with your ex is because Mm -hmm. you're right. At some point, like you're both moving in different directions away from each other. And at some point, one of you is going to end up in something new and it's just going to hurt the other person more. Like it's better to have a clean break before it gets to that so that you both have the same
0: opportunity to kind of heal and get back on your feet, you know, um, on your own yeah the hardest thing actually was unmatching him on hinge
2: Um, (laughs) oh yeah
0: and that happened in the period of the last three weeks when we weren't talking because I would see him like update his profile yeah and like use photos that I took of him like on dates and trips that we went on together and like I was updating my profile too but like seeing him do his it just hit different Uh, (laughs) no it's it's so good that you unmatched him I know that it's like
1: you know, your one last kind of um, your hook into seeing what he's up to because yeah. you can at least see, okay, what pictures is he using? How often is he updating things? Like, you kind of get a glimpse into his life that way. Yeah, but what neighborhood
0: is he in? Like, <laughs>
1: right. But at the end of the day, it's like so, like it's so much worse on you seeing that level of you know life update. Yeah, it was so just an Instagram update or a tweet or whatever it's literally his dating profile
0: it was so hard but guys that was the best thing ever if you've ever matched with someone online just unmatch them like after you guys break up like it's uh it is the final kind of like straw and it makes you move on like suddenly when i update my profile now i'm not thinking about him looking at my profile uh i'm not thinking you know like about his profile i'm like, now just kind of using it as a dating app again. Dude, the best thing that you said to me post-breakup was that you
1: blocked him from seeing your stories. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> um, Because you don't feel like you're, like, editing or, or you're trying to, like, I don't know, you're not thinking about him as, like, a viewer of your stories anymore. And that really struck me, and I... When I eventually did that a couple weeks later, like, I felt so freed Uh because I was posting shit and also thinking, what is R going to think about this? But at the end of the day, I don't need him to think shit about it. Like, you chose not to be in this relationship anymore, so I am continuing on with my life and you don't have a right to, you know, edit me in any way
0: anymore. Yeah, it's intimate, and like the like he actually noticed when I blocked him by stories because he reached out and he was like, "Hey, you're right, you haven't been posting on stories. Like you usually post all the time." And I was like, I almost thought of lying, but then I was like, no, and I was honest. I was like, "Listen, sorry. Like I had to block you off from viewing my stories. Like I didn't unfollow him or anything. I just had to right, block right. him from viewing my stories because I don't want to feel like I was posting for his gaze." Yes, exactly. And he understood it. He was a bit like affronted, but then we were talking after that for a bit and I unblocked him, um, from viewing my stories. And now we, and, and since that we've gone on a massive journey of him, uh, him unfollowing me and then locking me on stuff and then refollowing me. And oh now we both follow each other stories and all, and we just are not talking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, it's good. But I think in like the, probably when the
1: when the wound is a little bit fresher, like immediately post breakup, you are still thinking about that yeah. person and actively and like what they think about what you're doing and how they're, you know,
0: I don't know, what, what
1: they're thinking as they're seeing your stories. So
0: Yeah. And I've gotten back to a good place where I, like I now post stories for my friends and for myself, you know, like that is a Yeah. Yeah. So and if you see some thirsty photo of me, it is what it is. You know, him and, and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am overdue for an Instagram
1: thirst trap. You are. Um, I've been telling you that for fucking yeah. like a month. We were talking about this earlier. Like, how do you subtly announce to, you know, your internet community that you're single again post breakup? Right? Like, it's so easy to announce that you're in a relationship by uh. posting a picture with someone. That's like, you know, Instagram debut is like, okay, okay. She's in a relationship, they're locked down, do not contact, like, right. that's it. But it's not like, I mean, and girls do do this sometimes, do the, uh, you know, single post and very, like, deliberately say that they're single or, like, something like that. I feel like that's, like, it's, I don't know, I wouldn't do that. It's, like, childish and tacky, in my opinion. I'm sorry if anyone's ever done this. Please tell me why I'm wrong, us, But, um... <laughs> But no, I just feel like it like it comes across like petty. Yeah. And like um like it's a direct attack on that person. Yeah, and you don't
0: want that either, you know? But I, I think the the best thing to do post breakup if you want everyone to know that you're single is constantly posting. Yeah. That in- includes stories and posts. Because if you have couple photos of each other You gotta phase those out. You gotta phase them out. You gotta push them down. I'm not for deleting shit. I don't think that's right. You know, like you lived a life that's that's part of it. And you know, you can't just fucking edit your life away. You know, this isn't life isn't perfect. Yeah. You know, your feed's not gonna be perfect. You can still scroll down and find pictures of my ex boyfriend from college on my yep, feed. Same. But fine you know, like just post newer content. And so soon those posts will go down and no one's going to look at your nine grid feed and be like, that's her. Boyfriend. Right. And people eventually get the point that like, Oh, Elle
1: was in a relationship and she used to post with her boyfriend all the time. And now she's posted stories for like a month straight and he hasn't been in them. She hasn't posted any posts with him. Like then people get the picture kind of in a subtler way. Yeah. Um, I actually archived a couple of my posts with R. Not all of them. Like, I kept some of the ones that were, like, good memories. Um, but I, I archived, like, a couple, like, just random ones just so I didn't have so many pictures of him uh-huh. in my feed because I had, like, probably 10 or 11 pictures of us together. Um, and so I probably archived, like, half of those. Yeah. And I felt, like, good about it after, and then, like, I posted a bunch of stuff since then but i have not had my like like i feel like a like a thirst trap is like a thirst trap even without a caption is your official like hey i'm back Uh and couldn't really do that in corona times it's (laughs) like what the fuck am i gonna get dressed up for like i don't want to put on makeup not for myself and certainly not for anyone else um so yeah i didn't like have that But I feel like once I do finally put up a thirst trap, like in a way, it'll be it'll be official. Yeah. But okay, so here we are, both single in the kind of midst, but reopening part of you know post pandemic yeah
0: i think new york we are in phase two right now for new york city and for lower new york um other parts of like upstate or phase three um so this is like brand new fucking spanking fresh phase two opening which i feel good about because our numbers in new york have actually been decreasing like we we get to have this play time now yeah <laughs> And um, social distancing is still happening. People are still wearing face masks outside. I mean, in some places. I feel like it's
1: been pretty – people have been social distancing in Brooklyn, um, but I saw a picture of people chilling on the side of the West Side Highway at one of those little, like, green areas. Mm -hmm. Like, no more than a foot between each group. Huge groups of people out. Like, I don't know about Manhattan. Maybe Brooklyn will fare a little bit better.
0: But I don't think everyone is adhering. Well, we'll really know in two weeks' time when if cases go back up. Yeah. If we're doing the right thing. Or
1: well, not. even if they do, they'll just try to blame it all on protests. Right. Of course. Right. And um, not on the uh, masses of people down at St. Mark's. Did you see a Cuomo tweet at the? Uh, Cuomo tweeted there was a, a video of someone walking down St. Mark's Place and like just panning around, showing like the crowds all lined up on the sides of the street, drinking, doing their little like to-go cocktails. Cuomo tweets don't make me come down there
0: oh my god yeah I mean like uh the protest has been pretty good to the ones I've been to one and that was up in Westchester Mm -hmm. and a lot of people showed up I would actually say like maybe it was like at least 200 to like 400 people you
1: know oh dude it's a whole different animal here it's like awesome because um so I went to a a couple by the way for our listeners I'm sure you're aware we're talking about the police brutality and black lives matter protests that are going on everywhere in every major city um and have been going on here in New York for at least like four weeks now Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I started going to them like probably in like the second week and It's crazy, like, the volume of people that were attending them. It was, like, literally thousands of people, like, taking over the streets and, you know, marching through Brooklyn. Um, But it was really awesome because you would, like, you'd finally get to a spot where it was a little bit hilly, and you could turn around, and literally, as far as your eye could see, it was just a sea
0: of people. Yeah. So definitely, like, in the thousands. It's crazy because media has actually gone down in reporting of the protests. Protests have still been happening. We went out today. Yeah. And we saw protests going down. They are kind of... um, they're like losing momentum a little bit. And
1: like, you know, the movement, like the people that are kind of, you know, the organizers of the movement are, um, asking people to keep going out, keep doing their part, like, don't let this end. Um, but yeah, for a a lot of people, this has become like a, you know, it has, it has sparked some change, but it's kind of this thing that is fading um, in some ways, which is like sad to see, but, um,
0: Yeah. I have faith that New York
1: and other places will rally and continue to keep it alive for
0: a little bit longer. And there's other ways you can also support if you can't go out and protest and expose yourself. Um, If you are one of those people who have like an immune disease or you are particularly susceptible to Corona, um, you know, donating to causes signing petitions like my sister who's in high school has been doing that stuff like yeah. we actually had like something to go on it went on in our town that like a lot of the high schoolers protested like in town hall for so um there's definitely changes you can do on, like, a micro level as well. Um, yeah. You don't have to be in a major city to have change. And I've seen protests, like, internationally, you know? Like oh my in, God. Like, in, in Europe and Asia. Yeah,
1: I saw a video in France of, like, I think it was, like, 20,000 people mm-hmm. um, out in the streets of, like, Paris. Yeah. And that was, like, amazing to see. Um, but, yeah, no, I will say, though... Like, having been in a few in Brooklyn, you look around, and as far as your eye can see, every single person has a mask on. Mm -hmm. So, fuck the media, and fuck everyone trying to say that, like, the protests are, you know, the root of the coronavirus um, cases going back up, because you know that that's what they're going to say and what they've already tried to say.
2: Yeah.
1: But...
0: The one last uh, transfer I did, everyone was wearing a mask. Um, You obviously can't keep, like, six feet apart, but, like, wearing a mask... And we walked down, like, probably a mile down the road, and then a mile back, it was completely pouring rain. Um, and people still stayed. People still showed up, like, yeah. you know, rain or shine. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So back to our current kind of situation. So with everything going on, I mean, B, have you re-entered the dating scene? Um, Yeah, so I think after I unmatched H, I kind of... Took it a little bit more seriously than I was doing before. Like I had the apps, but I wasn't really using them. So did you, did you redownload everything like when you guys first broke up? Um, basically, but I wasn't really using them and it was hard for me to like go on apps and even try to be attracted to other people. I mean, it like, first of all, like for a woman, there's a not a lot of attractive guy profiles out there. Just like the level of guy profiles are much lower to level of like women profiles out there. There's like tons of studies done about this um, and matching and that algorithm. Um, so I have been using mainly OkCupid. Um, Hinge has not been really working for me. Okay. It never really has before except where I get premium and then I can, like, filter the perfect guy for me and then find him. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I never I, – and Hinge is pretty expensive and wait, for sorry, premium.
1: What does that, that consist of? Like, what can you filter in premium?
0: So there's some things that are included. The biggest thing I remember is height is locked. So height, um, if you have children, your family plans, educational level, politics, drinking, smoking, marijuana, drugs, all of those. Okay, so everything that Hinge basically lets you answer, they let you filter. What isn't locked is age range, distance, ethnicity, and religion. I thought that Hinge already let you filter for age like even like you know non premium. These are non premium. So non premiums age, distance, ethnicity. Religion. Oh okay okay okay. And then premium is everything else. Okay. Yeah. Including ethnicity. In- in- ethnicity is included in the free option. Really? Yeah. That feels weird. And their ethnicity. I mean, they get pretty specific. More specific than any app I've ever seen. They go in American Indian, East Asian, Middle Eastern, South Asian. Black, African, Hispanic, Latino, Pacific Islander, white Caucasian. Wait, that is crazy. I didn't
1: know that that was an option. That's an option. So literally on the free version of Hinge, you can edit your racial preferences and basically say that you only want to date
0: white dudes or only want to date, you know, South Asian dudes. And they could also say if it's a deal breaker and you can lock it. And then make sure you only see like white people if you wanted to. That's a free option. That's fucking weird. And I think it's a bit weird. I mean, uh, you can see my hinge right now. It's open to all <laughs> Just I, I, I verified. <laughs> verify that I didn't change anything. That's exactly how it was. Um.
1: No, I don't know how I feel
0: about that. I don't know how I feel about it either. Um. Okay, so I actually say prefer not to say for my ethnicity. Um, if I wanted, I could choose every single one. For my ethnicity on him, which is very interesting, super mixed baby. Yeah, what? Is- so I guess you could say free mix. Oh, my ethnicity
1: is also prefer not to say. I didn't even know that I did that.
0: I just I don't know, like fuck it. I mean, what? I just
1: I don't want to be put in a box. Yeah, same. Um, for my ethnicity, and I also don't want to put someone else in a box for it. Like I genuinely swipe on all races and talk to all guys, and I'm just like. Like I don't know, I feel like attraction spans multiple races for me, and um, in a lot of ways, I think my brain is still figuring out exactly what I like and what I don't, and so I'm always, like, I don't know, open to fine-tuning and
0: adding more and, you know, changing that. Yeah, so adding ethnicity as a preference just seems to be very nitpicky. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, there's cultural reasons, you know, if you're black and you want to date someone black for your culture or like Asian, you're, you want to date someone Asian, right? like those are all valid, of course. Um, So it is interesting that Hinge has kind of ethnicity still as a free option to filter through. Yeah, just because I feel like, I mean,
1: even if you have preferences, you just swipe accordingly. Right. Right. Like it's odd to me
0: that you would filter that. It's odd that it would be a free-free. Uh, yeah. free. I mean, make hype-free, but then this is is a premium feature. Like, can we get that happening?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so, anyway, so B, so... You, have you gone on any
0: dates yet? I'm fishing here. Yeah, um, I've, I went on a date yesterday. Oh my gosh, welcome bad. back. Yeah, I chose a really, like, safe option. He was a guy about on OkCupid who actually in his profile self-described that, like, one of the questions was, uh, what do people first notice about you on OkCupid? Okay and, um, he said, like, people say I look like Harry Potter. Okay, like, perfect. That piqued my interest. Ding, ding, ding. Um, yeah. And he looked like kind of like a nerdy guy, but we we had like similar artistic backgrounds. Like he was working as a graphic designer. That was like my last job. Right. So honestly, that was like a, I kind of stay away from artistic guys like that because there's so much, so much overlap that you end up talking about work the entire time. Does it feel competitive ever? Yes, I mean yes and no. Like in, it's annoying because it derails the conversation from your connection so much. At least for me. Like the first hour when we met up for drinks was us talking about like graphic design and art school. Like mm-hmm. you know, like I can mean you know, if I went to, uh, on a date with a guy who was doing finance or who was like doing film, it would be like, yeah, I went to the art school. Oh yeah, I did this at art school or regular school, and then the conversation And then you move past it, right? You don't spend, like, an hour, you know, talking shop. Yeah, basically. And and I found that pretty annoying, um, because it means interesting to hear someone else's perspective, but, like, for him... Okay, so let me back up a bit. So he decided to meet somewhere in Bushwick. Um, he wanted to come here, and I was, like, suggesting somewhere in between, but he lived in South Brooklyn, and that... By the way, South Brooklyn, where the fuck is that for our listeners? That's, like... I mean, I, I put
1: on the map, like, it's... Like, I know, I know you did. I'm being an asshole. Um, so, it, so, South Brooklyn, for our listeners, and anyone else who lives in New York who has never heard of South Brooklyn, um, <laughs> seems to be the intersection of, like, Cobble Hill and Park Slope and maybe even a little bit of, like, Brooklyn Heights. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very close to Dumbo. I have never heard anyone say that they're from South Brooklyn. I live very close to that area. So I think I would have heard it. I actually run kind of in that area. Um, But, you know, whatever, if if that's
0: where he thinks he's from. That's where it is. So we met. He drove here um, because he has a car. And then we met at the bar. He was a little bit late. And I like getting there early. So I got there like 10 minutes before. And because there's like outdoor dining happening in New York City right now, there's only two tables in the front. And I didn't know if they had any like in a backyard area. Mm -hmm. So I snagged the one table left. And people were getting takeaway drinks like there was a line always so I was like I'm going to keep the table until he gets here so like I couldn't get a drink myself so but when he got there he was 10 minutes late and I knew he was going to be late because he was messaging me Um, and the first thing I say to him is like so like uh, do you want to get some drinks (laughs) because I'm like (laughs) thirsty at this point right right and you're holding down the fort right so um he's like yeah okay and I was like I'll take a Manhattan. Manhattan he's like okay like all right and I was like so he goes and gets the drink um comes back out and this is like one of the things that really bothered me that like he ordered an old-fashioned which is totally fine and I got a Manhattan Manhattans are obviously more red if you've ever had a Manhattan in your life. Like, I am not a cocktail, like, guru, but I know my whiskey cocktails because I am a whiskey drinker, mm. as I've been for and my especially entire Especially if that's your go-to cocktail. We right. You kind of know what it's supposed to look like. So, he puts the old-fashioned, which is like a yellow color, and then takes the red-colored cocktail and drinks it. And um, I was like, well... I, I I was thinking, like, do I say say something? Do I correct a man within 30 seconds of meeting him? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, I think that's my Manhattan. Um, He's like, oh, no, the bartender said that that's Manhattan and this is the old fashioned. And I was like, okay. I mean, I mean, sweet vermouth gives it that red color, which is why it's called Manhattan. But, you know it's fine <laughs> and I kind of like let it be and I drank the old-fashioned which I was not craving um but I, I think that I didn't get off to an amazing start it was like hey get the drinks and wait you got the drinks wrong like uh and I it clearly to me was like you don't drink alcohol a lot or you don't know the difference between Manhattan and old-fashioned which is even more embarrassing and I guess to like a normal fucking person this wouldn't be a big deal but to me it was kind of annoying off the bat um, I feel like there's like a little bit of male fragility
1: and kind of toxic masculinity um, weaved and woven into that one where like, A, he maybe ordered a whiskey drink, you know, a whiskey cocktail just by default because, okay, men drink whiskey. So like, I'm going right. to order this drink and then like brings it and you correct him. And then he like, doesn't, doesn't like want you to be right. Like, doesn't want to like accept that you have like a sound reason you know, you've got like the explanation, like here is the reason why I know that this is your drink because of the color. And here's a fact based reason why that is the color. Imagine
0: someone brings a margarita and a daiquiri to you. Like these are obviously different colors. Right. That's the same thing. That was how obvious it was to me. (laughs) Right.
1: Um, and yeah, he like, was like well no bartender says this and like even though you gave it like a pretty solid reason
0: why and the bartender right. could just also be like blah and blah like he's not a bartender right, cannot can be like paying super superintendent right um so whatever i drank my old fashioned and it was a, after that conversation moved a little bit smoothly and i was really really nervous for this date like i spent like two hours getting ready and like you know um I don't know like I was nervous as fuck I haven't been on a date in like over a year with anyone besides my ex-boyfriend yeah um but when I was actually there in person it was like ripping a bandage off and I actually was the more normal person like he was very awkward and weird and I was very normal so it gave me like self-confidence to like know that I have this ability in myself to go back out there on a date like it was literally like riding a bike it was like this is normal like (laughs) and at the end of the day you're just meeting somebody new and chatting to them so I talked to him a little bit about like a lot of art stuff, a lot of like school stuff. Um and then after one drink, you really can't just end a date. Both were wearing face masks originally, and then took them off pretty quickly within meeting each other. And um we we can't like really end a date after one drink but I knew when he took the face mask off like I wasn't super impressed like the profile picture is a little bit more flattering than the real life delivery mm-hmm. so I was like oh can I fuck this guy and like I've been there before where I'm thinking about it and the reason why I was even thinking about sleeping with him is because my roommate literally hours before i was like telling him about the date and he's like oh, you know you could bring him back home and i was like what what about like corona and whatnot <laughs> and we've literally had a quarantine zone in our apartment since all of corona except uh-huh. for elf who's right here right now the first person I ever here i didn't the know first I person <laughs> <laughs> no but like i've also seen you like all of this there's other shit going on like you're the first person yeah so like for him to say that was okay for me to bring someone home, I was like, oh my God, but I didn't even know that was an option. Goal an opportunity. Now that was an option. I was getting so nervous. So I was like, oh fuck, I wasn't even thinking in like that mindset of bringing someone back. I was trying like, clean my room and I had to like shave everything below yeah, my neck. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about it, looking at him and I was just like, I'm not really that attracted to him. And like, it was the kind of T- tipping point, which is, is for a lot of women, like the personality. absolutely. And his personality just wasn't there. like it was awkward. like I couldn't find a lot of things to connect with him about. and like I know a lot of shit about random nerd culture, like a handful of anything. Like I could really get along with most guys who are nerds. But like the fact that I couldn't like pinpoint him into like a box or like into things that he liked, it was difficult but not in the fun way. It was like, okay, like you're not interested in anything. Not right, like, right. I, like <laughs> not like you're not, like, interested. You're not so,
1: like, niche and, like, interesting that, it's, like, you
0: have different um, interests than the things that i am throwing at you. It's like you couldn't find a thing. No, I couldn't. Like, I was looking for interest. <laughs> Fucking mining for gold. Came up nothing. So after the one drink, I suggested we go to another bar down the street that I haven't tried yet. Um, and we get, like, a drink there. Uh, it was okay. And then we, as again, I have a high tolerance and I was like fuck this drink is like literally in like a six ounce glass like I don't know what to do with this so like we milk the drinks for as long as we could and then we go to another bar and at that bar we get one another to-go cocktail and this place has more seating so we're sitting outside and yeah I'm just like not convinced I'm not feeling any sort of like connection um and I was like, so, you have work tomorrow? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, How early do you have to get up? You drove here, right? We probably shouldn't drink anymore, and this is like me making excuses for him to leave. You finding his escape route for him. I am literally across the street from where I live at this point, so uh he suggests we take a walk and I was like oh fuck, sake girl I was like fine so we go on a walk back towards the original bar and then I say so like another fucking hit, like so your car must be parked around here right like this is the original bar he's like yeah but I can walk you home <laughs> I was like well like I we literally just walk like opposite of where I live right right so, no, no no, I don't mind um and one of the weird things about this date was he was wearing a backpack even though he drove, drove there. there, and he could have left, the, he could have left the backpack in the car. And I asked him at the second bar, I was like, "So, like, why do you have your backpack?" And he's like, "Well, I had to stop by the office and get some stuff." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, but like, you could just left your bag in the car." And he's like, "Well, like, you know, I don't want anyone breaking into my car or something." And I was like, "Oh, okay. weird. weird, weird for sure." How long has he lived here? Um, like. <sighs> at least maybe, like, four years okay. or something. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's not like he moved to Brooklyn, like, no, cause two he, minutes ago. No, because he went to Parsons, so he okay. was, like, been living in the city pretty okay. much since then. Yeah, I still have an alternate theory about this backpack. Yeah, so, like, okay, so we're on the walk home, and about three-fourths of the way, I'm like, you really really don't have to walk me home. Like, I'm, like, two blocks away, and, like, I don't really care for a random man to know where I live. Yeah. Um. Also, like, I know this is not going anywhere, and then, like, it's the most awkward exchange of leaving i was like okay great right. he's like all right okay bye and i was like yep yeah, all right uh this was fun and give me a message he's like yep yeah, all right and he's still standing there and i'm still standing there and i was like what like literally like what is it and he's like well like i know it's a crone times but is it alright if like, I can kiss you? And I was like, oh, okay. So I was just like, there's no way to. Say- I could. I guess I could have said no, but I felt like a pressure to say like just get this over with. Like I'm just. I've been trying to go home for the last hour, right? So I was like, okay. And it was such a like I was not into this kiss. It lasted maybe like five seconds, and it was not good. And, and I felt like okay, thank God that's over. And for me, it was better than going on a date meeting someone I like. Uh, I just felt like no connection to him at all. So then I go home (laughs) and I felt bad and I was talking to my roommate, like I really shouldn't have kissed him because now I've given him hope. And he's like, just unmatch him. And I was like, What? He's like, Yeah, just unmatch him. And I was like, No, that's so mean. And then I unmatched him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. If it's not gonna go anywhere, there is no need for him to continue. You
0: know, I just do wanna or... open the portal again and then like what if he messages me in two days, being like, Hey, I had a really nice time. Do you wanna go out? And then I have to say, and then you have to say no. Yeah. Like this is saying no with no words yeah it's kind of beautiful basically i mean it was probably rude because i don't know if he goes back and logs onto the app and then sees that this girl he thought he had oh, a yeah. date with vanished, actually vanished into
1: thin air
0: but whatever gone. it's what there's no there's no
1: notification that you know b has unmatched you you're just gone here's gone into the void
0: again kind of beautiful <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Men disappoint us all the time and you don't owe them shit. No, that's so true. And every time I
1: feel bad for a man who I, you know, either turned down or ghosted or whatever, I'm like, how many men have done this shit to me Uh and not stayed
0: up all night, you know, thinking about it? I mean, we've always been pro-ghosting. Not maybe pro-ghosting, but pro-ghosting sometimes. Anything less than three dates, I'm pro-ghosting, you know?
1: I'm not a ghoster. I'm a very... I'm a very honest, here is why it didn't work. And here are the things that you should work on as a person.
0: <laughs> I'm am I'm I'm going to go through them on a,
2: a magic, clearly. <laughs>
1: no, I'm like a, I'm like a, like a summer homework, like summer assignment. Like here are the things that you didn't know. And here's what I
0: recommend you learning in um, the next few months but it was actually crazy cuz like h actually texted me while I was on the date like some universal some weird, weird shit. cosmic energy and he texted me like that text i was talking about earlier so um it was definitely weird to have like that cross section of going on your first date your ex also texting you um but i i'm glad i did it i don't know if i'll go on a first another date anytime soon cuz i'm not talking to anyone else um But at least I it gave me the confidence to actually like kind of raise my standards a bit. And like I said, he was a safe option. Like I knew he wouldn't hurt me. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I feel like post breakup, you gotta just get back out there. You gotta again, like you said, it's like riding a bicycle. It's reminding yourself that like I can do this. It's not this like insurmountable task. Like I will get back out there eventually. I will go on dates. I will have great conversations. I'll also have okay conversations and that's just part of it. Yeah. It's just getting yourself
0: back into the mix. Yeah. But I do feel like in general, a massive weight lifted off me through the breakup. Like I feel like I all this pressure to be in this committed relationship, all this pressure of us maybe getting married, the future visas. And this really has made me kind of look at my life objectively. And, you know, I still want to get to Europe and that's still the number one goal, but this time, like, it's not because my boyfriend, it's never, it never was, you know, I want to go to Europe before age and I want to go there after him. Like, and if we end up reconnecting in some way down the line, that happens. But like, there's not, we're not like tied together anymore. And I think we both needed that space to kind of figure out, like if we ever get back together, because it's not like, we're not going to ever get back together, at least in my eyes, you know, like I still feel like, he is a good match for me but he needs to do some growing up and maturing and like maybe in the future that could be a possibility for us but only because we're not talking and we're not friends right now because the more you talk the more it gets into a situation where it will explode and there is no way back into that relationship
1: wait do you know that like i think it's a batman quote If you don't die the hero, you live long enough to see yourself become, like, the villain. Yeah, that's a great quote. That's it. That's it. If you don't... If you don't end things... Like, if you end things friends... Fuck, I don't know how to exactly parallel this. Am I the villain? If If you end things on a good note, eventually you live to see yourselves hate each other, right? Like you will eventually get to a point where you are two people, not in a relationship together anymore, who eventually become the villain for each other. Yeah. So you got to die the hero and walk away from
0: each other. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, I'm doing this like for like my mental health and for his mental health and like for my, like just my own fucking life.
1: Yeah. 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 You both need like room to grow independently of one another and, um, figure out like what you want to do in your, your lives and whatever. And then if things fall back together, then that's, that's
0: fine. And that's, and if they don't, that's also fine. That's like also fine. like yeah. this is a process. So yeah. What about you, Elle? Have you been on a
1: date? Um, yes, I have. Oh so this is very interesting. So two Fridays ago, um, two weeks ago, I went on my first first date post-breakup. So, um, like, I would say, like, a month after R and I broke up, I re-downloaded Hinge. I don't know why I started with Hinge. I kind of felt like Hinge was, like, a safe place. Like, it wasn't going to be Tinder where it was guys just, like, you know, hitting me with, like, the most lewd, ridiculous.
0: Oh, yeah. Tinder is, like. Let's fuck. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was,
1: like, it was, like, guys on Hinge are, like, fairly respectable overall. So, I don't feel like I'll be bombarded and overwhelmed by it. So I got back on Hinge. I was like starting conversations for a little bit in quarantine. It was just like a, you know, cool way to find way to like pass the time sometimes. Um, and then I fell off for a bit. And then recently I got back on there. But this time I was like, I don't really care to have like week long conversations with people. So I had um, a conversation going with this one guy. I noticed he lived in my neighborhood. And after like exchanging maybe four messages each, I was like, hey, I see you live in the neighborhood. You want to get a drink this week? And he was like, okay, sure. So we met up at a park in our neighborhood. Um, he brought a blanket and, like, four-pack of, um, like, these Prosecco cans. Oh, my God, so cute. Yeah, and so we just, like, chilled in the park and talked for a couple hours. Um, he was um, ethnically Indian, <laughs> um, but, like, Australian. Okay. Hot. As far as like where he grew up, so he had like the Australian accent and he was like just super cool. Like, we had really like great deep conversations about like what was going on in the world and like really like heavy, deep conversations, but in a way that wasn't um, argumentative. Uh-huh. It was really like constructive and it was like nice to have that again, especially because R and I didn't really have that. Uh-huh. And I felt like a lot of times if we got into heavier conversations, um, R just didn't want to see a different point of view and he didn't really want to hear my perspective so a lot of times I felt like I was kind of like shut down so it was like really nice to have that kind of like dialogue with someone Yeah. Um, so yeah we like sat and drank in the park and talked for like a couple hours and eventually we're like okay like let's go walk around I told him I really wanted to show him this part of the neighborhood that I really liked um, and so we ended up on this main road that had like a bunch of like restaurants and stuff and walking up and down the street, we decided to get some to-go cocktails, we're just walking, like, you know, checking out what's going on, there's like a bunch of people out drinking in the streets, which was like really cool, and we spot a seafood restaurant across the street, and there's a couple of tables outside, <laughs> people are having oysters. So we spot this and we're like, oh, let's cross and check it out. We check it out and he's like, all right, let's do it. Let's get some oysters.
0: Love that impromptu oyster.
1: Yeah. So we like sit down, you know, at a curbside table and have some oysters, have more great conversation, um, eventually leave and um, go get another round of drinks. We we end up spending the night out together drinking like from six o'clock when we met for our date to like probably a little bit past midnight damn yeah so it was like a long ass date we had great chemistry like we had a lot of fun um and I felt like we like really connected and at the end of the date well actually not even at the end of the date at the final bar that we were at which was kind of back in our neighborhood he lives not far from me um he kissed me Mm -hmm. outside of the bar and that was like it was like a very like it was a gentle kind of peck it wasn't like too much it wasn't like he went in like full tongue or anything like it was it was nice but it was like weird um just because it was the first time I would kissed anyone other than R in you know a year and a half right um but it was nice and then you know we finished our drinks we said good night we parted ways um we had drunkenly talked about going to the beach together during that date, but I wasn't sure. You know, like when you're on a first date and you make plans and you wake up the next morning, you're like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Right. Yeah.
0: People talk a lot of talk. Yeah. The yeah.
1: I had that kind of feeling. Um, but we texted over the next couple of days and um, turns out we were still going to the beach and he was still fully down for that. So... You know, post-first date, I was like, okay, this is, like, like he's the perfect guy. He's awesome. He's, like, a person I would want to, like, introduce to, like, my family and my friends. Like, he's, like, you know, perfect guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we had these plans for the beach. And then a week after our first date, we went to the beach, went on our second date. Again, awesome date. Like, really great connection. Um, really good conversation all day. And... Yeah, it was, like, really, like, on paper, it was great. Like, in person, it was great. But weirdly, I woke up the next morning feeling, like, kind of unsettled. Um, And I, like, couldn't really, like, place my finger on, like, why. Uh So I called um, M and K, two of my best friends, and, like, FaceTimed them, like, very hungover, in my very hungover state on Saturday morning, and um, talked through it a little bit. And I don't know, it's weird um, because if I'm going through like a checklist of everything I want in a person, I feel like he checks off most of those points, but weirdly, you know, post getting out of my relationship with R and kind of owning like my independence and my singleness again and everything, like I'm just like not looking for anything right now. Yeah, And I can't say I've ever been in that place in my life before, but I truly felt it and like still feel it now. Like after going on two dates where nothing went wrong, this guy is super interested in me. Um, He even like suggested like a little weekend getaway,
2: Mm.
0: which was like maybe a lot for him to mention, but he was... I thought it was a lot when he mentioned that because I even said like, okay, if a girl was on a date with a guy and mentioned after day two to go on a, take a weekend cabin trip somewhere, like that's a lot. So for context, when we were on the beach, um, he asked what
1: I was doing for the weekend. I said, I wasn't really sure. He said he would want to go hiking somewhere. Um, but was waiting, you know, to see if his friends would want to go. No one had answered him. And I was like, oh, well, I know the place that you mentioned and. I'd possibly be down for a hiking trip. And in the moment I was down for it. Um, but then when we were in the car on the way back, he was like, well, you know, do you actually want to go this weekend? And I was like, yeah, I could possibly be down. And he was like, well, I'm just throwing this out there, but you know, I could, um, get us a cabin possibly. We can like spend a night so that it's not like a hassle driving both ways, you know, during the day. Um, And you could, like, work remote from there the next day or whatever. Like So
0: so much. Like, it's it's no
1: expense. Like, it's no, like, you know, I would do it either way. So it's, like, no expense to you or anything like that.
0: Just, you know, no pressure. But no pressure. No expense. Just, like, have an entire, like, 36 hours together. Right.
1: Right. (laughs) And I was just, like, let me think on it. I would possibly still be up for the day trip. But, you know, I just want to, like, take things slow and whatever. And, um, yeah, since then... I've like been semi ghosting him, which I feel a little bit badly about Um, because he's an awesome guy. And like part of me does want to hang out with him again. But I just don't like I have no desire to be in a relationship right now. I really like just want to focus on me. And I'm like really happy with my life and like owning my independence again Mm -hmm. right now. So I mean, it's just like have you guys had the conversation of what he's looking for? Not really, no. So he did ask me on our first date, like, what are you doing on dating apps? And I was like, I just got out of a like serious relationship. And he was like, Oh, well, that makes sense. So then, you know, we kinda of swapped stories about each of our most recent relationships. Um, he had been in a relationship for four years, that I think ended like probably two years ago, and he's just been like single and figuring things out since then. Um, but no, I didn't ask him like what he's looking for, but I get serious relationship vibes. Yeah. Um, he's 28, also 28 in like ethnic culture,
0: <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> like marriage time. Yeah. It's like, uh, where's the grandchildren? Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Parents are like, when am I going to have grandbabies? Yeah.
1: Um, so I don't know. I just like, I feel weird hanging out with him again because i'm like this is a person that i know if i were single in any other circumstances i'd be all over and i'm pretty sure he's like feeling the same way Mm -hmm. that he's like really into me um but i just don't want to like move things forward i don't want to like pursue this and i
0: don't want to like lead him on that's a lot to me like honestly like a perfect person for you in this at the wrong time yeah
1: man right person wrong fucking time it's it's all about timing yeah (laughs) yeah and it's like i don't know when we when we had that whole um anatomy of a fuck boy episode Mm -hmm. right and we talked about like when your light is on right when your light is on and you're ready for a relationship that that's the time Mm -hmm. oh my god like truer words have never been spoken and I'm now really experiencing what that's like because it has nothing to do with the person. Yeah. It has everything to do with the timing. Yeah. And I had like a moment of clarity where I'm like, maybe all of those first dates, not all of them, but some of the first dates that I went on where I was like, wow, that went like amazingly well. And then never heard from those guys again. Like, maybe some of those guys had similar feelings like maybe I was just their perfect girl well
0: that's a nice thought you're the second person who's laughed at that what the fuck how many people have you done (laughs) well just the two so far
2: I don't know maybe I'll tell my therapist next. (laughs) but
1: yeah I don't know just like yeah right guy wrong time and I don't really know how to deal with it um I've like he texted me on Tuesday and I like was very slow to respond he's like sorry I've been really busy um and then I think he kind of like took the hint from there Mm mm-hmm I don't want to never see him again but i also don't want to be in a relationship and so i don't know it might
0: warrant a conversation i mean maybe you can just like draw those boundaries which is like listen like i literally just got out of a relationship i'm not in that headspace if you're all right with that then fine but like we need to like you know keep this cash because yeah i'm i feel a similar way to you where I'm really truly not looking for a relationship. Like I see my future and my future is not in this country. And like, I'm about to leave my apartment and I don't have a job and there's a lot of shit in my own personal life. I need to sort out Yeah, that like, I do not want to date like one person constantly again. And like genuinely what I said before, like our second chance of like life, our second chance of being single, like, I generally thought for, like, both of us for a while, these were, like, our forever people. And that's, I, like, terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I really thought that, too. Yeah. And then once you take away the forever and the person, you suddenly are back. But, like, in a way more positive light. Like, I, if I was single the entire time, I definitely would not be saying this shit. But because I had that kind of relationship, yes. it's given me a refresher on being single and what is the most amazing parts of being single? Like, I think we've truly forgotten, you know, the independence, the doing whatever the fuck you want, to go on dates, to meet new people. Um, Also, like, like, not even just, like, going on dates, but just, like,
1: doing whatever the fuck you want, whenever you want, not having to, like, coordinate with someone, not having to, like, okay, well, I'll call you later, well, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll be home at a certain time, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, like, I don't know, there are so many things that, I want to do for myself in the next couple of years. And I've been having like a lot of thoughts about like, you know, career plans and life plans and where I want to be. And, um, being in like a serious relationship kind of highlighted all of those things because those were all of the things that were in the back of my mind. That it's like, I'm neglecting those. And instead pouring all my energy into this relationship. And then once we broke up, I was like, these things are still here. They're not, I, I haven't, done anything to change them. I haven't moved Maybe. anything forward really. Um, and there's still things that I ultimately want to do. Like, I don't want to give up on these things. So let me like seize this time now Yeah, and I, focus on me.
0: I definitely think women are more guilty of giving themselves away a little bit more in a relationship with yeah. their like, personal goals in their life and like stuff like that, that, mean, um, you take a step back and like, I am grateful for the same reasons that like being that relationship with H also highlighted those stuff. I'm, a lot of, it was escapism in a way. Yes. You know, yes. like I was this happy relationship. I was, if I wasn't succeeding in my personal life or my, oh, well, well, if I wasn't succeeding in my professional life, I was succeeding in my personal life. At least something was going in yeah. a, in a direction, but those, those things I need to do like applying for my visa that all took a back seat like because I had a steady job I had a steady boyfriend now I have neither and suddenly like those professional goals like I've done more for my visa in the last month two months than I've done in the last eight months genuinely yeah like that says a fucking lot (laughs) it
1: does I mean escapism is the perfect word for it like it's it's so easy to just pour all of your energy into this thing that makes you feel good in the moment and also lets you kind of like hide from the things that, you know, are difficult, but that you need to do for you. Mm -hmm. And if you can focus more on the we than on the me, you know, you can just kind of hide from those things forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of people, being in a relationship helps them drive their goals towards a certain direction Um, I don't think that was the case for us. (laughs) Yeah. I think our professional goals did take kind of a standstill during our relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone else you're talking to or just this guy?
1: Um, I'm like chatting with a few guys here and there on Hinge, but haven't like met up with anyone yet. I mean, I'm going to like, I'm going to slow play it. It was funny actually on, um, my first date with this guy. When I told him that I had just gotten out of a relationship and that this was literally the first date I had been back on, he joked, he was like, all right, well, like, so you should probably like, you know, keep going on dates, go out with five or six other guys, make sure that, you know, you know what you want, whatever. And then let's, uh, you know.
2: Fair. Down, he didn't say lock
1: this down you know but he basically meant like go play the field for a bit so that you're sure and you kind of get it out of your
0: system i like, mean if anything shows you what a great guy that is it's that statement I, right there i agree
1: <laughs> no he is again like the like like the least insecure like no like male fragility to be found like we've had such a healthy discourse on so many like topics he's even joked like when you know when he was like, tell me about you know why your last relationship didn't work out, and I told him about all the ways that R and I were not really that compatible. He's like, you probably had a great sex life to accommodate for it, though. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, this man is real as
2: fuck. He's
1: right through <laughs> it, right? Like he's not like I, I don't know. It doesn't bruise his ego, yeah. Um, in any way, which Actually, I thought I was not. like so like fucking refreshing. That's hot as fuck. It was so hot, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know for the time being, I'm going to continue to focus on me. I'm going to go on dates here and there as I feel, you know, as I see fit. And um, when the mood strikes, you know, (laughs) but um, yeah, I'm not really like actively looking for anything. Yeah. And I think that that's okay. I think that's okay okay
0: with that. (laughs) What would you like to impart on our listeners? I don't know. I'd say TikTok. that the TikToks need to be said that that's happening on, like, that's, I mean, that's been getting me through Oh my quarantine. God, millennials reporting on TikTok, like, a year late. Okay, yeah, whatever. Melanie also just started going on TikTok because we're bored as fuck and we're all employed now. Um, and it, honestly, the quality of TikTok has actually gotten better because we are on there. Uh, but I also want to, like, you know, a timeline, right? Like, of shit that's happening this day and age. Um, also, uh, the word simp, <laughs> I first encountered this word on Twitter. When Me too, left and
1: right. I still am not entirely sure what it means. I get it in context. Um, but i i couldn't give you a definition if
0: i i okay I, I needed to i guess if i would define it it would be like a guy who does anything for a woman but like i hate that it's negative cuz it is a negative connotation like it's like okay, yes. you're a bitch yes. you're a simp
2: like <laughs> yes okay so
1: like context like um who's that fucking annoying girl who did like the bernie
0: um okay boomer oh my god yeah yes. right but like
1: Every person okay, that would tweet weird. about her would be like, Oh my God, all these thirsty ass guys simping over what, whatever her name is. Yeah. Like that was the context that was like, okay, guys just like throwing themselves at mm-hmm. for no reason.
0: Yeah. A random girl. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was looking actually at the guy I on a date with Profile, I was like, oh, I finally get what a simp is. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely him. Um, but like, beyond that, I think it's like a dumb ass word. <laughs> like, I, I, I hate that we're making a negative word for guys like, you know, being... For nice guys. Yeah, for nice guys. I'm going to Urban Dictionary the definition. Okay, simp. Someone who will say anything to please someone, particularly a girl, in the hopes that they will be in a good favor with that person. Yep. Example, Thomas Andrew Dawson from Long Island, New York, is the biggest simp on planet Earth. I love it. I love it. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't even know who he is. You had me at Long Island. (laughs) That's the example of their picture. There's no mention of his actions or anything that he's doing, and yet... Perfect. Okay, I guess I get it in the sense that, like, somebody who has no self-respect or dignity for themselves, are just, like, saying things just to be people-pleaser.
1: Now that I'm reflecting on that a little more deeply, Long Island doesn't seem fitting for that, because men from Long Island, in my in my humbled but quite informed opinion, um, feel like they are the center of the universe, and women are just accessories.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there you go. We covered TikTok and simp for you. I'm on Long Island a little bit. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot more. So much more. Um, but yeah, this was just kind of our catch up episode. Um, we're not sure. Yeah, we sure fucking missed you guys. When the next one will be or what it will be about. But we wanted you to know what was going on in our lives. And we did miss you a lot.
1: Yeah, so much has changed. We
0: are very much at a full 180 from where we were at a season
1: three
2: wrap-up. Yeah.
0: I think it's good that you get to not hear the last of us from the last episode because it does give this false sense of, like, we're going on this trajectory. Oh, my God. Yes,
1: yes. You would have... I mean, if you, as our listeners, just heard the season three wrap and never heard from us again, you would think, probably, that we sailed off into the sunsets with our satisfactory boyfriends and uh you know you'd expect us to be popping out a couple kids in a year or two. That's a nice but no. That ain't us. That's that not, ain't it.
0: This is not your
1: girlfriend's podcast.
0: Come That's on. That's right.
1: <laughs> I will be out in my not your girlfriend uh, t-shirt tomorrow. Oh deal. Maybe,
0: Maybe the next day I don't have it with me. <laughs> Alright, well we're gonna sign off. Um whenever to share this app yeah
1: share it share it to all of the uh the fans out there who wondered where the fuck we've been and what we've been sleeping on yeah tell them that we're back even if just for a brief moment
0: don't call it a comeback
1: don't call it a comeback (laughs) (laughs) okay um dm us by the way let us know that you're still listening
0: yes we'd Um, love to see it everything tag us DM yeah. us. We're always on Instagram, so DM us. Especially on Twitter. To uh, so follow us on Twitter at, at notpinkyguard. I, I don't know what the fuck. We'll it is. link it in our story. We'll no. link our Twitter
1: Close in up. our story. Listen. Um, you're, you're also in a bunch of, like, our tweets are on our profile, too. Yeah, well,
0: I like, mean, they're also, like, on in our Instagram. If I can find us, be creative. Yeah. Um, done. You guys have Google. <laughs> <laughs> Do the work. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, <laughs> <I> love you. <laughs>
2: We've got fireworks going on and the fucking police. Oh, so let's wait. tight.